If I told you a story about a schoolboy who failed a number of O-levels, left school age 16, was told by his teachers that he would never amount to anything, but who eventually became the world memory champion, you would probably think I was a writer of fiction and the story could not possibly be true. However, it is true that failure of a lad was me. After leaving school, traveling and working at various jobs, I saw a man on television called Trayton Carvalho memorize a pack of cards in just under three minutes. So time. So in a short space of time, one can do amazing things with focus and concentration. Thank you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you help me right now with my memory, short-term memory, RAM. Thank you, Lord, specifically. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. I trust. I trust you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. To me, this was miraculous, although it was obviously not a trick. Creighton really had memorized the cards. In that staggeringly short time, I thought I have a brain the same as he does, as he has. If he can do that, marvelous feat, there must be a method by which I can also do it. I set about training myself. After a few months, I reached the Holy Grail of three minutes, wondering what to do next with my rapidly growing memory muscle. I heard of the first World Memory Championships in 1991, organized by the author of the book you are now reading, Tony Buzan. I entered the competition and after some mighty mental combat was declared the first world memory champion. The foundation principles I used to win the world memory champion title or those you will find outlined in this book. If you apply these principles to the matrices of knowledge that the memory book so vividly portrays, you will be able to bestride both the world of memory and the world of knowledge simultaneously giving yourself advantages that I found such training and application gave to me. Greater self-confidence, a growing mastery of my imagination, improved creativity, vastly improved perceptual skills, and yes, a much higher IQ. Of course, we also need EQ. That's me, I'm saying it. I feel honored to be able to recommend this enlightening book whose author has 
so many credentials besides holding the world record for creative IQ. Tony is the author and co-author of over 100 bestsellers about the brain and learning. He is also creator of the now world famous mind maps and to my mind is one of the world's most effective communicators both verbally and in the written word. He co-founded the Brain Trust which gave its 2008 Brain of the Century Award to Baroness Susan Greenfield and is founder and president of the World Memory Sports Council which is the governing body of the Mind Sport of Memory and the annual World Memory Championships held in Bahrain in 2008 and 2009. The Festival of the Mind is now in its 18th year and currently includes memory tests on names and faces plus a pack of cards memory speed multiple packs of cards words and shapes see the appendix sections for more details about these and other events and organizations I feel privileged to have been around in those early years when I and others set modest benchmarks at the birth of a mind sport that now sees ever more countries setting up their own national memory championships and producing the memory stars of the future. As each year passes, new records are established as the standard of competition rises. How inspiring it has been to witness the performances of the greats, including Jonathan Hancock, Andy Bell, Ben Pridmore, Clements Mayer, Gunther Carsten, as they break new ground and smash previous records. To the cynic, the memorization of random decimals, binary numbers, and playing cards is little more than a pointless exercise. To me, it has opened up my mind and exposed the truly limitless nature of the human brain. It has given me confidence and the belief that I can learn anything if I put my mind to it. And that is very comforting and reassuring. Practicing the art of memory is a beautiful thing and I thoroughly recommend it to everyone. Congratulations on starting a journey that I know will change your life magnificently. Dominic O'Brien. GMM first and eight times world memory champion introduction a story you will remember for the rest of your life this is the introduction to Tony Buzan's um, book entitled the memory book how to remember anything you want let me begin by introducing you to an event that astounded me and that gave my first realization that our memories could be perfect. The student sat frightened and enthralled. It was the first lesson of his first 
day at at university. He, like the others in his class, had been forewarned that Professor Clark was not only the most brilliant graduate in English university had ever had. He also looked down on his students <coughs> from the height of his genius. used his mental might to embarrass and confuse them. The professor had deliberately come in late to add to the tension. Professor Clark strode nonchalantly into the room and scanned the class with fiery eyes and a derisive smile. Rather than going to his desk and ordering his papers in preparation, he stopped in front of his desk, clasped his hands firmly behind his back, and with that same intent stare, accompanied by a sneer, he said, First year English. I'll call the roll. He then began to bark out machine gun fashion the names of the petrified students. Abramson, here sir. Adams, here sir. Barlow, here sir. Bush, here sir. Buzan, here sir. When he came to the next name, he barked out Cartland, to which there was a deathly silence. Looking even more intently, the professor, like some grand inquisitor, made soul-burning eye contact with each petrified student, as if expecting them to own up to their already identified name. Still receiving no response, he sighed deeply and said at twice the speed of Normal speech. Cartland. Jeremy Cartland. Address 2761 West 3rd Avenue. Phone number 7946231. Date of birth September 25th, 1941. Mother's name Jean. Father's name Gordon. Cartland. Still no response. The silence became almost unbearable until at exactly the right moment he punctuated it with a shouted and terminal absent. And so on and on the professor continued calling the role without hesitation. Whenever a student was absent, he would go through the same Cartland routine, presenting the entire database about the absentee, even though he could have had no way of knowing. On his first day, who was going to be present and who was going to be absent, even though he had never seen any one of the students before. To everyone in, his, in the class, it became increasingly apparent that he knew in the same styling detail the same basic biographic information about each of them. Then he, when he completed, had completed the roll call with Zygotsky, here yes, sir, he looked at the students sardonically and said with a droll smile, that means Cartland, Chapman, Harkstone, Hughes, Luxmore, Mears and Tovey are absent. He paused again and then said, I'll make a note of that sometime. So saying, he turned and left the room in stunned silence. To the enthralled student, it was one of those moments where life's impossible dream became possible, the dream of training his memory so that it could, in a multitude of special situations, function perfectly. To be able to remember the names and dates of birth and death and all the important facts about the major artists, composers, writers and other greats. To be able to remember languages, to 
be able to remember the giant catalogues of data from biology and chemistry. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the languages one. Father, I just thank you for the Greek that you helped me to remember the Greek, more specifically the Greek Bible and verses that you can enable me to understand your word in its originally written language and to be prepared and able to translate it into languages of those that have never heard about you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Back to the book. To be able to remember any list he wanted. Um, giant catalogues of data from biology and chemistry. To be able to remember like the professor. He leapt out of his seat, charged out of the classroom and caught up with Professor Clark in the hallway. He blurted out his question, Sir, how did you do that? With the same imperious manner, the professor responded, Because, son, I'm a genius. And once again turned away, not hearing the student's mumbled response, Yes, sir, I know, but still, how did you do that? For two months he pestered the genius, who finally befriended him and surreptitiously in class translated for him the magic formula for constructing the memory system that had allowed him to so dazzle the students on that memory, memorable first Day. For the next 20 years, the student devoured every book he could find on memory, creativity, and the nature of the human brain, with the vision constantly in mind of creating new super-memory systems that went beyond even what the professor had been able to accomplish. Tony Buzan, the intro, page 15, halfway down. The first of these was the memory mind map, a Swiss army knife thinking tool for the brain that allowed the user not only to remember with accuracy and flexibility, but also to create, plan, think, learn, and communicate on the basis of that memory. After the mind map came the giant, enjoyable and easy to use super matrix memory system that would act as a database allowing people to have immediate access to whatever major information structures were important and necessary to them. After 25 years, the new system emerged. The enthralled student was me. The one to whom I offer this new system with delight is you. Let's now begin to look at some further mind-boggling evidence, evidence about the capacity of our amazing brain. Dominic O'Brien, who contributed the forward to this book, can memorize 54 packs of cards shuffled together. That's 2,808 cards and make only 8 errors, of, for which 
he corrected himself after being told that he had made the mistakes. After staring at them once only. Most of us can't remember where we put our car keys. That is so true. Yeah. Lord, use this book to help me and to help anybody who reads it and or listens to this message. Memory is both amazing and frustrating. We can see an old school photograph and recognize faces decades back, but forget what we had for breakfast that same morning. Meanwhile, the best brains in the world can crack the genetic code of life and recreate the moment just after the Big Bang. Well, I would dispute the Big Bang because of my Christian faith, but anyway, let's read on. But the memory landscape remains largely uncharted. It is to paraphrase Captain James T. Kirk, the final frontier. Of course, there's the spiritual side. What we do know is that our memory is phenomenal. Our God-made memory. This statement is made despite the following counter-arguments. Most people remember fewer than 10% of the names of those whom they meet. So these are counter-arguments. Most people forget more than 99% of the phone numbers given to them. Memory is supposed to decline rapidly with age. Many people drink alcohol and alcohol is disputed to destroy memory. Okay, I'm going to stop there, although I haven't finished the chapter. I'm picking up in Tony Buzam's memory book on page uh, X1X, so that's 19 of the introduction, halfway down. So I've missed out um, some sections there. Um, to look at um, a mind map also before the four there's a picture of a mind map which I haven't done yet. and then I've also I've left out these particular sections of the recording which are around page 15 of the intro also um, be positive your memory really is perfect dreams Surprise, random recall. These are section headings. The Russian S. Sharevsky, that's the guy who had the perfect memory where the um, psychologist spent 30 years Luria uh, researching and studying him. Then the next section, Rosenreich's experiments. Next one, Penfield experiments. Got the potential pattern, pattern <laughs> making ability of your brain, photographic memory. Okay, I'm going to read from photographic memory. Also known as eidetic memory. This is a specific phenomenon of people remembering, usually for a very short time, perfectly and exactly in English. This memory usually fades, but it can be accurate. Circuit that enables somebody after seeing a picture of thousand randomly sprayed dots on a white sheet to reproduce them perfectly. This suggests that in addition to the deep long-term storage capacity, we also have a shorter term and immediate photographic ability. It is argued that children often have this ability as a natural part of their mental functioning and we train it 
away by forcing them to concentrate too much on logic and language and too little on imagination and other mental skills. Yes, and not enough on creativity and things like music. The thousand photographs test. In one set of memory experiments, people were shown a thousand photographs, one after the other, at a pace of about a photograph per second. Psychologists then mixed another hundred photographs in with the original thousand and asked the people to select those they had not seen the first time through. Everyone, regardless of how they described their normal memory, was able to identify almost every photograph that they had seen previously as well as each one they had not. They were not necessarily able to remember the order in which the photographs had been presented, but they could definitely remember the images an example that confirms the common human experience of being better able to remember the face than the name attached to it. This particular problem is easily dealt with by applying mnemonics. See overleaf. Okay, next section mnemonics. Mnemonics, pronounced mnemonics, is the name given to memory aids that help you to remember something. These may be a word, a picture system, or other device that will help you to recall a phrase, a name, or a sequence of facts. The M in mnemonic is silent, and the word comes from the Greek word mnemon, which means mind so silent M, mnemonic, mindful. Most of us will have used mnemonic techniques to learn things during our school days, even if we didn't realize it at the time. How about I before E except after C? For grammar and spelling or the phrase, every good word deserves favor to help Remember the notes on the treble cleft from the lowest E, G, B, D, F. Indeed, I know that. Page XX1112. If the initial letters from a word, the mnemonic is known as an acronym. An acronym is a word that is formed from the first letters of each word, such as UNESCO stands for the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization. Many of us will have learned the poem 30 days hath September, April, June and November to help remember which months have 30 days and which have 31, except for February alone. That too is a mnemonic a device to help you remember. Mnemonics work by stimulating your imagination and using words and other tools to encourage your brain to make associations. Experiments with mnemonic techniques have shown that if a person scores 9 out of 10 when using such a technique, 
that same person will score 900 out of a thousand, 9,000 out of 10,000, 900,000 out of a million, and so on. Similarly, anyone who scores 10 out of 10 will score a million out of a million. This and other techniques and systems are set out in the memory book to help you delve into that phenomenal storage capacity you have and pull out whatever it is you need. You'll be amazed at how easily they can be learned and how they can be applied in personal family, business and community life. A mind to memorize. Memory can be sharpened by our keenness or enthusiasm and equally dulled by our disinterest or switching off. The more you make of the stuff you learn, the more you will remember. Remember, memory works by making something memorable by using the power of association and location in order to increase your facility for recall. I'm thinking of the word memory recall. The World Memory Championships and Mental World Records. Since 1991 and the first memory book, Use Your Memory, inspired World Memory Championships. Every year, the limits previously placed on human memory have been shattered. In every competition, the records are continually being broken at an exponential rate. We now know which we did not know even a few years ago, that the average human brain, if properly trained, can memorize over 2,000 binary digits perfectly in an hour can memorize over 100 names and faces in 15 minutes, can memorize a spoken number heard only once of over 200 digits, and can memorize a deck of cards in less than 25 seconds. Your. All the people who set those astonishing records have declared in public that they think they are only at the beginning. Making whatever you want to remember distinctive, relevant, and elaborating on it is what the memory contestants do at the annual World Memory Championships. These mnemonists are no cleverer than you or I. They just take the time and make the effort to memorize information using a variety of techniques and strategies. And they really remember for instance, for years memorizing a pack of cards in under 30 seconds has been seen as the memory equivalent of beating the four-minute mile in athletics. In the 2007 UK Memory Championships, Ben Pridmore memorized a single shuffled deck of playing cards in 26.28 seconds, beating the previous world record of 31.16 seconds set by Andy Bell. Two years earlier, Dr. Gunther Carsten from Germany memorized a 1949-digit 1949-digit number in an hour and recalled it in under two hours. See 
the appendix sections for more on the World Memory Championships. A brief history of memory. The ancient Greeks were the first to seek a physical as opposed to a spiritual basis for memory. Not surprisingly, the first person to introduce a really major idea in the field of memory was Plato in the 4th century BC. His theory is known as the wax tablet hypothesis and was accepted up until recently. To Plato, the mind accepted impressions in the same way that wax becomes marked when a contoured object is pressed into its surface. Plato assumed that once the impression had been made, it remained until it wore away with time, leaving the smooth surface once again. This smooth surface was, of course, what Plato considered to be equivalent to complete forgetting. The opposite aspect of the same process. As will become clear later, many people now feel that memory and forgetting are two quite different processes. It was also the ancient Greeks who devised the first recorded mnemonic techniques. In 477 BC, a Greek poet named Simonides of Sios devised a memory technique called the method of Iochi, or Iochi, which means literally locations. With little in the way of writing materials available, it was common for orators and others to memorize their speeches and so on by imagining a journey and then mentally tracing their steps to recall each article. The ancient Romans continued the oral tradition and over 2,000 years later the journey method along with the pegging and linking excuse me, memory systems detailed in this book have become key mnemonic strategies at the annual World Memory Championships. Modern Memory Research Modern Memory Research Today, almost without exception, physiologists and other thinkers in this field agree that memory is located in the cerebrum, which is the large area of our brains covering the surface of the cortex. However, locating exactly where memory processes take place is proving a difficult task, as is achieving an accurate understanding of the function of memory itself. Current favored sites are the hippocampus and rhinal cortex. Another model of memory is that every part of the brain may include all memories. This model is based on how holographic photography works. In simple terms, a holographic photographic plate is simply a piece of glass which when two laser beams are passed through it at the right angles reproduces a ghostly three-dimensional photograph. One of the amazing things about this photographic plate is that if you smash it into a hundred pieces and take away any one of those hundred pieces, you can shine the two laser beams through it and still get the same, although slightly more blurred picture. Thus, every part of the holographic plate contains a mini record of the overall picture. Wow, that reminds me of Einstein's theory of, of everything or the rela relatedness of everything. Marty the King says we're all interwoven in this inescapable garment of destiny. So there are links and connections and integrations between all of these things.
perspective of exam. The corollary is, therefore, that every one of our multi-million brain cells may in fact act as a mini-brain recording in some fantastically complex way as yet indiscernible to our clumsy measuring instruments our entire experience. Fantastic as this memory may sound, it does. It goes a long way towards explaining the perfect memories we have in dreams. In the surprise random recall of the memories of the perfect memorizers, the statistics from Rosenweig's experiments as well as the mathematical grandeur of Anakin's results as outlined above. Creativity and memory. The prime engine of your creativity is your imagination. The creative genius goes on imaginative journeys taking people into the original and previously unexplored realms. Their new associations give rise to the new realizations that the world calls creative breakthroughs. The works of mental genius that can shift the course of history. So it was with Leonardo da Vinci, Darwin, Archimedes, Newton, Madame Curie, Cezanne and Einstein. The difference between memory and creativity. Thus it becomes clear that memory is the use of imagination and association. To hold the past in its appropriate place and recreate the past in the present. Whereas creativity is the use of imagination and association to plant the present thought in the future and recreate the present thought whether it be a poem, symphony, scientific relationship, building or spaceship in some future time. That's interesting. So, I'll read that again. So it becomes clear that memory is the use of imagination and association to hold the past in its appropriate place and recreate the past in the present. Whereas creativity is the use of imagination and association to plant the present thought in the future and recreate the present thought, whether it be a poem, symphony, scientific relationship, building a spaceship in some future time. So imagination has to do with linking the past into the present and imagine and creativity is the use of imagination planting the present thought into the future. That's interesting. The important point here is that although the names and purposes may be slightly different, the underlying principles of imagination and association are identical. Therefore, whenever you are practicing or applying memory techniques, you are at the same time practicing and enhancing your powers of creativity. Wow. Memory exercises. The exercises you're about to embark on in the course of this book are very much to the brain as gymnastic exercises are to the body. The more you exercise in the gymnasium of mnemonics, the more the muscles of your memory and creativity will be developed. Carrying this idea a little further, a new formula for developing your genius emerges. The more energy you put into developing your memory, the more your creativity will grow and you have an infinite capacity to do this. In other words, 
energy plus and into memory equals infinite creativity. The formula can be written E plus arrow M equals C infinity. That's interesting. I just want to pray. Father, I just pray that you help me to separate the wheat from the chaff here and just uh, help us to just understand. Thank you, Lord, that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in you, Lord Jesus. Love you, Lord. Okay, let's read on. Underneath the formula is written, This new mental formula demonstrates that if you put energy into your memory... You will produce a perfect memory and an expanding and potentially infinite creativity. This formula also exemplifies the Greek myths Jupiter energy into mnemosyne memory yields the muses infinite creativity. Next heading. Modern confirmation of the Greeks ideas. Recent brain research, especially in the area of the left and right cerebral cortex, has confirmed that all of us have distributed throughout the most evolutionary advanced part of our brains. So now I would, from a Christian point of view, not use the word evolutionary. Anyway, let's read on. An enormous range of mental skills and simply, that simply require appropriate training and development for them to manifest and grow. Information is taken in by your brain and stored in your memory in di many different ways. Also, it is processed by either the right side of your brain, concerned with rhythm, imagination, daydreaming, color, dimension, spatial awareness, completeness, or the left, concerned with logic, words, lists, numbers, sequence, lines, analysis. These left and right cortical skills are not cut off from each other and the two sides of your brain do not operate separately from one another. Indeed, they need to work together to be at their most effective. The more we can stimulate both sides of our brain at the same time, the more effectively they will work together to help us think better, remember more and recall Instantly, wow. Okay, then there's a lovely picture here. A mind, kind of a mind map. On the left-hand side, and this is like a picture of the brain. So on the left-hand side, you've got sequence, lists, words, numbers, lines, logic, analysis. And then right-hand right -hand side, you've got imagination, Daydreaming, color, rhythm, dimension, and space, and whole, and gestalt. The mindset skills commonly but not exclusively associated with the left and right side of our cerebral cortex. List words, numbers, linearity, analysis on the left. Daydreaming, color, rhythm, dimension, gestalt, the whole picture on the right. In our hind and midbrain, and distributed in part throughout our upper brain exist uh, additional mental abilities to see, hear, smell, taste, touch, move in three-dimensional space, respond and emote. A quick check confirms the extraordinary similarity between what the Greeks discovered by self-analysis and the practice and practice and what modern science has discovered through the elegant rigors of the scientific 
memory. Next section. Mesmerizing memory. Mesmerizing memory. Page 27XX52B. The bottom. Mesmerizing memory. As I got older, I became more and more fascinated by memory and committed myself to developing ways to enhance and improve my memory pathways in order to make optimum use of that amazing part of our anatomy, our brains. This led me to develop my mind map technique, which is now used around the world and was also launched in computer software format as iMindMap in 2006. See www.imindmap.com. The mind map book tells you all about mind maps and how to use them to boost your memory, thinking, and creativity. Even now, after working in the field over 45 years, I'm amazed at what your mind and memory can do and how much untapped potential we each have. Amen. It is an exciting prospect to be part of the research into brain and memory function that is going on around the world at this very moment. The 21st century has been called the age of intelligence, century of the brain, and millennium of the mind, and we have entered an extremely invigorating time of discovery and cerebral awakening. I would go on to say myself personally that also there's, yeah, there's so many other issues also in our world, so we do need a balance between being relevant uh, with the social issues as well and so on. But let's read on. Your memory and your memories are unique to you because no one else can experience life as you see it and feel it. Only you know how you experience the world and only you can choose how and when to recall past experiences. You may find that you can recall some memories as clear as crystal, whereas others seem as cloud, cloudy as muddy water or as elusive as a butterfly on the wing. By the time you have finished reading this book, though, you will be able to remember everything you wish to with stunning clarity because you will have the tools to use your mind and memory more efficiently and powerfully than ever before. When you were at school, were you taught anything about how your memory functions or how to use memory techniques? No, I wasn't. The nature of concentration, of thinking, motivation or creativity. For most people around the world, the answer is no myself included. The memory systems described in this book are designed to work with your brain, not against it, to stimulate your senses and help your memory and store the information you choose to feed it in an ordered and easily accessible fashion. Enjoy what will be a memorable experience. How to use this book. Next section. The memory book has been designed to enable you to achieve your memory goals as rapidly as possible. That's good news, because I'm on Greek study deadlines. It is divided into four main parts. Part one is a simple operations manual explaining how your brain operates and how memory works within your brain. It also has the first of many memory tests and exercises to test how your memory is right now before starting the book. Part two introduces the core memory boosting principles and techniques, including the linking and pegging memory systems. Part 3 moves on to the more advanced major system which can help you memorize way beyond 10 or even 100 items. 
Part 4 is designed to supercharge your memory even further using the self-enhancing master memory matrix technique, SEM to the third power for short, which takes you into the memory stratosphere. Wow. In Part 1, Chapters 1 to 3, provide you with what you need to check your current memory capabilities. With background information on your memory, including the foundations and principles you will need to know to develop a superpower memory, especially the power of imagination and association. You will also learn about your memory's rhythms over time, enabling you to manage yourself and your life in such a way as to enhance increasingly your memory's function. There's a beautiful Peter Drucker article entitled Managing Yourself, which also looks at how we best learn and perform and so on. Chapters 4 to 8 lay out the essential and basic pegging, linking, and other list systems for memorizing 10 items and more. These will not only help you remember a far greater number of items than you did before, but are also a great, great fun to learn. You will discover how to multiply any system you have learned by first a factor of 10 and then by a factor of 10 again. Beautiful. Chapter 9 introduces you to the major system. This system is so named because it forms the basis of a limitless series of other memory systems and can be specifically applied to the memorization of those areas dealt with in chapters 10 to 18, such as the memorization of cards, the development of your IQ by using the long number memory system, telephone numbers, schedules and appointments, important historical dates, birthdays, anniversaries and vocabulary and language learning. Beautiful. Lord, thank you that you helped me to learn the Greek and to apply these systems. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Thank you, Lord. Next, next paragraph. Chapter 19 introduces you to the ultimate memory techniques for memorization based on my SEM to the third power technique. An additional range of topics for memorization is introduced to expand your memory and knowledge. For those who want to take their memory skills still further, we have designed a dedicated website to help you practice and get more out of the memory book. See www.pearson-books.com, the Buzan Memory Book. It is recommended that you browse through the whole book first, then complete chapters 1 to 8, to give yourself a solid foundation. Having reached this stage, you may either continue through the book on a chapter-by-chapter -chapter basis, choosing any chapter from 9 to 18, or jump ahead to chapter 10, and subsequently pick your preferred choices from chapters 11 to 18. I re recommend that you only tackle chapter 19 when you are fully conversant with chapter 9 and its applications. Above all, make sure as you progress along through the memory book, you use to their fullest extent your associative and imaginative abilities and that you enjoy yourself. Beautiful. So how good is your memory now? Nick Small Engel. Are you, are you good or any listener? You can put your own name in there. Are you good at remembering some things and not others? How are you on facts, faces, birthdays? 
Do you believe your memory is getting worse as you get older? Are you worried about recalling information under pressure at work or in an exam? Would you like to be able to remember anything you put your mind to? I would love to be able to. Before we continue, you need to test your memory in its current state. Chapter 1 kicks off with a series of memory tests that will give you a baseline against which you can check your progress. If you are interested in the truth about yourself and your performance now as compared with what it will be when you have completed the book, perform these tests thoroughly. Most people do rather poorly at the beginning, improving dramatically as they progress through the chapters. Enjoy the journey. It will be memorable. Very funny. Contact Tony at Tony.Buzan at BuzanWorld.com Buzan, page 22b, The Rhythms of Remembering. Relating all this to yourself and to time, ask yourself the following question. If you had been studying a difficult text for 40 minutes, had found your understanding was fairly poor throughout and had noticed that, during the last 10 minutes of your reading, your understanding had begun to improve slightly. Would you stop studying immediately and conclude that as you had started to do well, you could now stop and have a rest? Or carry on assuming that now your understanding was flowing more smoothly, you'd be able to keep it going until it trailed off, then take your break? Most people assume that if the understanding is going well, all other things will also be going well. It can, however, be seen from the results of the test you have just taken and from your own personal experience that understanding and recall are not the same. They vary in amounts enormously and the factor that defines their difference is your self-management in Oh my word, Lord, this is amazing. Thank you. What you understand, you do not necessarily recall, and as time progresses while you learn, you will recall less and less of what you are understanding. If you do not in some way solve the problem of the large dip in recall that occurs during the middle of the learning period, see graph. This memory rhythm applies no matter what you are learning, and that includes the learning of memory systems. What you are looking for is a learning situation in which both recall and understanding can work in maximum harmony. You can create this situation only by organizing the time in which you are learning in such a way as to enable your understanding to remain high without giving your memory a chance to sag too deeply in the middle. That's meaningful. Slicing your time. This is easily accomplished by learning to divide your learning periods into the most beneficial time units. These units on the average turn out to be between 10 and 50 minutes after the starting point. 30 minutes, for example. A shorter period does not give your mind long enough to assimilate what is being learned. This will make sense to all of us. Whether studying in a lesson or a meeting on the telephone or in, a concent or in concentrated conversation, 
An ideal is to maintain full attention and interest for no longer than 20 to 50 minutes. If your time is organized in this way, several advantages immediately become apparent. Each of the inevitable dips in your memory during learning will not be as deep as if you had carried on without the break. Instead of only two high points of recall at the beginning and the end of the learning period, you will have as many as eight beginning and ending high points of recall. Because you are taking breaks, you will be far more rested during your next learning period than you would have been had you continued to work without breaks. The additional advantage of this is that when you are rested, both recall and understanding function more easily and efficiently. Because when you are taking breaks, you are both more rested and recalling more of each learning session. Your comprehension of the next new section in which you find yourself after the break will be greater because you will have had you will have laid a firmer foundation from which you can then nourish and associate the new information. The person who has not taken such breaks in addition to a growing fatigue will be recording less of what he has learned before and therefore will be able to make continually fewer and fewer connections between the dwindling amount of information he has learned and the increasingly formidable and non-understandable information that threatens him. Your breaks should usually be no longer than 2 to 10 minutes. During each break, you can allow your mind to rest by going for a short walk, making yourself a light, non-alcoholic drink, doing some form of physical exercise, auto-suggesting, meditating or listening to quiet music. To consolidate and improve your memory even further, it is advisable at the beginning and end of each learning period to perform a very quick review of what you have learned in the previous learning periods. And preview of what you are going to learn in the coming ones. This continuing review preview cycle helps to further consolidate the information you already have, gives you growing confidence and success as you progress, allows your mind to direct itself towards the next learning target and gives you a bird's eye view of the territory you are going to explore mentally during your entire learning session. Understanding the rhythms of your memory in time during a learning period and using your creative imagination will enable you to form imaginative links and associations throughout your period of study. Consequently, transforming the sags in the middle of learning periods into nearly straight lines. Once you have read the next chapters on memory systems, you will develop other ideas of how to link associations to remember this sequence. Use page 22b, the rhythms of remembering.
Relating all this to yourself and to time, ask yourself the following question. If you had been studying a difficult text for 40 minutes, had found your understanding was fairly poor throughout and had noticed that, during the last 10 minutes of your reading, your understanding had begun to improve slightly, would you stop studying immediately and conclude that as you had started to do well, you could now stop and have a rest? Or carry on assuming that now your understanding was flowing more smoothly, you'd be able to keep it going until it trailed off, then take your break. Most people assume that if the understanding is going well, all other things will also be going well. It can, however, be seen from the results of the test you have just taken and from your own personal experience that understanding and recall are not the same. They vary in amounts enormously and the factor that defines their difference is your self-management in time. Oh my word, Lord, this is amazing. Thank you. What you understand, you do not necessarily recall and as time progresses while you learn, you will recall less and less of what you are understanding. If you do not in some way solve the problem of the large dip in recall that occurs during the middle of the learning period, see graph. This memory rhythm applies no matter what you are learning, and that includes the learning of memory systems. What you are looking for is a learning situation in which both recall and understanding can work in maximum harmony. You can create this situation only by organizing the time in which you are learning in such a way as to enable your understanding to remain high without giving your memory a chance to sag too deeply in the middle. That's meaningful. Slicing your time. This is easily accomplished by learning to divide your learning periods into the most beneficial time units. These units on the average turn out to be between 10 and 50 minutes after the starting point. 30 minutes for example. A shorter period does not give your mind long enough to assimilate what is being learned. This will make sense to all of us. Whether studying in a lesson or a meeting on the telephone or in a constant or in concentrated conversation an ideal is to maintain full attention and interest for no longer than 20 to 50 minutes. If your time is organized in this way, several advantages immediately become apparent. Each of the inevitable dips in your memory during learning will not be as deep as if you had carried on without the break. Instead, of only two high points of recall at the beginning and the end of the learning period, you will have as many as eight beginning and ending high points of recall. Because you are taking breaks, you will be far more rested during your next learning period than you would have been had you continued to work without breaks. 
The additional advantage of this is that when you are rested, both recall and understanding function more easily and efficiently. Because when you are taking breaks, you are both more rested and recalling more of each learning session. Your comprehension of the next new section in which you find yourself after the break will be greater because you will have had you will have laid a firmer foundation from which you can then nourish and associate the new information. The person who has not taken such breaks in addition to a growing fatigue will be recalling less of what he has learned before and therefore will be able to make continually fewer and fewer connections between the dwindling amount of information he has learned and the increasingly formidable and non-understandable information that threatens him. Your breaks should usually be no longer than 2 to 10 minutes. During each break you can allow your mind to rest by going for a short walk, making yourself a light, non-alcoholic drink, doing some form of physical exercise, auto-suggesting, meditating or listening to quiet music. To consolidate and improve your memory even further, it is advisable at the beginning and end of each learning period to perform a very quick review of what you have learned in the previous learning periods. And preview of what you are going to learn in the coming ones. This continuing review preview cycle helps to further consolidate the information you already have, gives you growing confidence and success as you progress, allows your mind to direct itself towards the next learning target and gives you a bird's eye view of the territory you are going to explore mentally during your entire learning session. Understanding the rhythms of your memory in time during a learning period and using your creative imagination will enable you to form imaginative links and associations throughout your period of study. Consequently, transforming the sags in the middle of learning periods into nearly straight lines. Once you have read the next chapters on memory systems, you will develop other ideas of how to link associations to remember this sequence. Recall after learning. Page 25b. Once you have made it easier for your recall to work well during a learning period, it is important for you to do the same thing for your recall after the learning period. The pattern of recall after learning contains two surprises. You retain more of what you have learned after a few minutes have passed since the end of your learning period. Wow, that's important. You lose 80% of the detail you have learned within 24 hours of having learned it. Techniques designed to help you take the coats off your memory coat hangers are covered in the next chapters. The rise is beneficial 
So you want to make use of it. But the decline can be disastrous. So you usually need to make sure that it does not happen. The method for both maintaining the rise and preventing the decline is review with repetition. Review with repetition. New information is stored in your short-term memory. To transfer information to your long-term memory takes rehearsal and practice. On average, you will need to repeat an action at least five times before the information is transferred permanently to your long-term memory. That means you need to revisit what you have learned using one or more of the memory techniques on a regular basis. This neatly condenses into your first memory formula. STM, where's the trademark, LTM equals 5R. This formula translates into from short-term memory into long-term memory requires five repetitions reviews and recalls that's also five is also the number of grace biblically that's my own thoughts now so the formula again from short-term memory into long-term memory requires five repetitions reviews and recalls my recommendations are to review and repeat what you have learned shortly after you've learned it one day after you've learned it, one week after you've learned it, one month after you've learned it, and three to six months after you've learned it. Yo. With each period of recall, you are revisiting the information that you have learned and you are also adding to your knowledge. Your creative imagination has a part to play in long-term memory and the more you go over information you've learned, the more you will link it to other information and knowledge that you already retain. Therefore, contrary to common sense, your memory of what you have learned rises during the breaks you take rather than immediately beginning to fall. This rise is due to the fact that your left and right hemispheres sort things out for a little while on an unconscious level after you have finished taking in information during a learning period. When you return to your learning after the break, you are therefore actually in possession of more conscious knowledge than if you had carried on without the break. This last piece of information is particularly important because it dispels those Deep feelings of guilt that you may experience when you find yourself naturally taking a break, but at the same time thinking that you ought to be getting back to the grindstone. Why review? If you have been studying for one hour, the high point in your recall after learning will occur approximately 10 minutes after you stop. You're this high point is the ideal time for your first review. The function of the review is to imprint the information 
you already have in your mind in order to make it more solid. If you manage to review at the first high point, the graph of recall after learning changes. Instead of the detailed information being lost, it is maintained. So if you study for an hour, your first review should take place 10 minutes after you stop and your second review 24 hours later. From then on, your reviews should take place at the intervals indicated on the graph overleaf. On average, these intervals are based on units of time you find on a calendar, such as days, weeks, months, years. Thus you would review after one day, then after one week, then after one month, then after half a year. Each review need not take very much time. The first one should consist of reviewing and mind mapping your notes on the information you're trying to learn after the learning period. This may take as much as 10 minutes for a one-hour learning period. After the first review, each subsequent review should consist of a quick jotting down in mind map form of the basic information in your area of interest. Then a comparison of your quick notes with your basic notes. Any areas you have missed out can be filled in and any new knowledge you may have acquired during the period between reviews can be added to your marginal notes. In this manner, you, your recall of all the information that you need to have constantly available can be guaranteed. This is like the paradigms of the article and the case ending charts and stuff like that with studying Biblical Greek, which is what I'm studying at the moment. It is useful to compare the minds of people who consistently review with the minds of those who do not. People who do not review are continually putting information in and letting that same information drain out. Yo. These people will find it difficult to take in new information because the background knowledge they need to understand that new information will have gone. In such cases, learning will be difficult. Then there's a beautiful, colorful picture entitled Recall After Learning Graph showing how properly spaced reviews can keep recall consistently high. So just to say again, we're recalling after 10 minutes, after 24 hours, after one week and one month and six months. So just to confer, just to review, um, the last thing Buzan said was on page, bottom of page 27, People who do not review are constantly putting information in and letting that same information drain out. These people will find it difficult to take in new information because the background knowledge they need to understand that new information will have gone. In such cases, learning will be difficult. Recall will always be inadequate and the whole process of learning, understanding and recall will be unpleasant and arduous. Well, that's exactly what's happening at the moment 
with me in the Greek. We am struggling to recall and remember, although this Buzan things are helping me um, with learning things like the paradigm of the article and other aspects. So the, uh, my memory, I think, is certainly improving. Need to just uh, learn to take more consistent breaks and do reviews. Okay, back to Buzan, top of page 29. People who do review will find that with the constantly available store of increasing information, new information will slot in more easily. This will create a positive cycle in which learning, understanding, and recall assist one another, making the continuing process increasingly easy. So I'm now going to take a 10-minute break and then endeavor to review after that, as Buzan suggested. Okay, next section. Age-proof your memory. This information on recall after learning can also be applied to our current attitudes towards the decline of mental abilities, especially memory with age. Most of our current statistics indicate that as human beings grow older, our memories increasingly worsen after the age of 24. These findings, substantial as they seem, contain a major fault. They are based on surveys that studied people who generally did not have any information about how their memories worked and who consequently tended to neglect them. In other words, the tests showing that human memory declines with age were performed on people who consistently did not use any memory techniques and did not review what they had learned. Recent experiments on people who have applied memory techniques and properly managed their memory rhythms during and after learning have shown that the opposite of the established findings is, in fact, the case. If you continue to use the numerical, linguistic, analytical, logical, and sequential abilities of the left side of your brain, and if you continue to use the rhythmical, musical, imaginative, colorful, and dimensional abilities of the right side of your brain, along with the memory time rhythms and the memory principles, you will learn in the following chapters, all with a continual self-educating approach, your memory will not decline with age. Thank you, Jesus. Instead, it will actually improve enormously. The more it is fed, the more it will enable you to build up imaginative and associative networks with new areas of knowledge, and thus the more it will be able to do to both remember and create. Next, we will look at the fundamental principles and systems for supercharging your memory. Remember, the more you give your memory, the more your memory will give back to you and with compound interest. Okay, so the next um, section will be chapter 3. The imagination and association principles and the 12 memory techniques.
Well, just to confirm, we've just read about reviewing. Why review? And then before that, review with repetition. Reviewing after 10 minutes and see if you can remember the rest.